This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses, so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random topics thrown in there for good measure. We also also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, so today we are going to be talking um, further in our series on the Enneagram. We're going to be talking specifically about type two. And then we are going to have a conversation about 
staying sane during the holidays. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I do want to also say for those of you that are not interested in the Enneagram and are here all for the holiday self-care part, you can go ahead and skip to the uh, 25-ish mark. So the two personality type on the Enneagram, these are our helpers. Helpers. These people are caring. They are interpersonal. They are deeply invested in their relationship with other people. Um, they're very generous. They're demonstrative. Um, but they can also be a little bit possessive. Ooh. So their most basic desire is to feel loved. And mm -hmm. their most basic fear is of not being wanted or unworthy or, you know, being unworthy of love. Yes. So people. You know, people who are twos tend to really want to feel needed. They will, um, they're very helpful. They are extremely, you know, hopping up. What do you need? Can I get you a drink? They are, they want to be loved and they're looking for love by performing. Okay. This is not really me. <laughs> it's really not me either. And it's funny because when I, you know, when I read the description of the two, I thought like, oh, that's the good one. Yo, me like, too. I'm like, wow, like, they're so selfless. They're servants. Oh, they're, yeah. Um, but I will say I have some very close friendships with twos and it can go a little bit awry because twos can be very demanding. They mm -hmm. are very generous, but then they expect it back. Okay. And sometimes this this helpfulness can actually be self-serving. In other words, they're helping for the praise. Uh -huh. Twos in their unhealthy spot don't necessarily help in behind-the-scenes ways. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. They really want to be seen and loved and noticed, and they can even do a little flag-waving about okay. their helpfulness. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can be jealous and possessive. They can be needy. And controlling. Okay. So yeah, I, I briefly looked this over and it seemed like, you know, we talked about these past couple of weeks about being your healthiest type and the unhealthiest type. So right. it seems like the healthiest levels of being a two are empathetic, compassionate, feeling for others, um, sincere, warm-hearted, um, you know, a truly loving person and like feeling that it's their privilege to help other people. But then yeah, and it and a two who's working their crap is going to be working towards being unselfish in ways that no one sees, right? Oh, so they're yeah. going to be working towards not being per performatively generous, but generous to the core. Okay. Because as you look down into the unhealthy levels, yeah, it's, they could be domineering, coercive, feeling entitled to get anything they want from others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's just, so I, I've, love how these have all the levels of healthiness because I think that it's so truthful and you can always see yourself in a little bit of this but also level nine people that are getting into this like when you get down into the very very bottom like the unhealthiest level they're kind of frightening you're right <laughs> it's, like, it's like I don't want to even read this well right and you know when it when a two gets down to that unhealthy level they can just breed on resentment yes they can be angry and bitter they can totally play victim, you know, yes. like, well, every, you know, I'm always helping and no one ever helps me back and, you know, kind of martyr themselves for other people. Exactly. You know? And we've, we've all known those people and those people can be exhausting. 
Oh, yeah. And this was interesting that I noticed it said like somatization of their aggressions results in chronic health problems, but they vindicate themselves as the reason they're falling apart is because of others. Right. So it actually almost burdens others. I thought that was interesting. I'd never read something like that before about, you know, actually having health problems because of this and they vindicate themselves, you know, by quote unquote falling apart. Right. And two sometimes have a hard time identifying their own feelings because they're so worried about, you know, caretaking for other people. So then they don't pay attention to their own wants and needs. They have a hard time articulating it. And when, when a two is in a relationship with anyone else who isn't a two, they have these kind of unexpressed desires and needs. Again, they're expecting the world to treat them like they're like everyone's a two, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a relationship with a two, oftentimes you don't realize the things they expect of you. Oh. And then they're resentful of you, but they haven't verbalized it. So it's oh. really important for twos to understand how to verbalize what they need and to lower their expectations of others. Okay. Because not everyone's a two. And then it's important for people in a relationship with a two to try to do some of that connecting, you know. Reading notes, being generous, gift giving, all of that kind of generous behavior that may not be (laughs) intuitive to your type. (laughs) Right. Right. You know? Right, right. And then also it seems that they can really have, like I said earlier, physical burnout. And so it's important for them to really care for their body and the spirit, um, you know, because I can imagine living like that could be very exhausting. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. There are certain types that struggle with self-care more than others. Nines Mm -hmm. actually are amazing at self-care because they're all about comfort. So they can check out of life and like, you know, they're, they're fine going to the spa for an entire day. Threes, like, which we'll talk about next week, which we both are, we struggle with it because we're always trying to figure out what needs to be done. Twos struggle with self-care because they're caring for everyone but themselves. That's such a good point. Well, I think it's time we talk to a two. What about you? Let's do it. But first, I want to talk about a great gift for the holidays. And it's actually one of our sponsors today who are offering such a good deal for our listeners. Canvaspeople.com is a resource online for creating really unique gifts. Um, I've always been a fan of giving photos to my grandparents, to aunts and uncles. It's just like they love it, right? Yes. In fact, I am giving um, photo gifts even to my nephew because I know that he is really bad at printing photos. So for those of you that don't know, canvaspeople.com has a really easy service where they take your photos, put them on canvases, um, let you put your memories into really beautiful artwork that you can hang in your home. So instead of taking those photos and letting them sit on your phone, you can bring them to life and put them on your walls, in your house, in your office, or as a really great personalized Christmas gift. Yeah, it's awesome. And the canvases are made here in the USA. So they actually contribute to 250 manufacturing jobs here in America, which is great. Um, The canvases can be ordered wrapped or within a frame, but the deal they've got for our listeners right now Normally, 11 by 14 canvases are priced at $69.99, but for a limited time, they are giving one free 11 by 14 canvas, and all you have to do is pay shipping. So to get this amazing deal, go to canvaspeople.com and put in the promo code SELFIE in the cart at checkout. It's canvaspeople.com, promo code SELFIE. 
Okay, so today we are speaking with Megan Francis, who is the co-host of the Mom Hour podcast. She and her co-host, Sarah Powers, have eight kids between them, ranging from preschool to teens, so they know a lot about motherhood. She also knows a lot about being a two. So thanks so much for joining us today, Megan. We are obviously diving into this whole Enneagram business. Yes, I am a huge Enneagram fanatic. Um, and I really just found out about it kind of randomly a few years ago, which was weird because I've been, I love personality tests. I'm a little self-absorbed, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, oh, wait, the, maybe the word is uh, self-aware. Maybe yes, that's what it is. self-aware okay. is so much better, Megan. <laughs> yes, it really, really is. <laughs> um, but I had never heard of the Enneagram and I don't remember how I found it, but I took it and was floored. So, so like how long ago was this? Probably three years is my oh, Okay. And so yeah. from the beginning, you've been really into it? Uh, since the, yeah, when I took the test and I, you know, I had done Myers-Briggs and I'd done like strengths finder and a disc assessment and all those different kind of personality tests. And I, you know, I usually would find something I could kind of agree with and then, right. kind of, you know, and then sometimes you're like, well, I don't know, does this fit? This totally fits. Um, I did all the color tests. On oh Facebook. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> those, yeah. I did all of those um, too. But none of them struck, uh, you know, really hit home as much as the Enneagram did. And I, I think it's because of the focus on your, like, um, your real wants, like what motivates you yes. rather, rather than the way you present to the world, which I feel like Myers-Briggs is very much the way I exist in the world. But Enneagram is like, what makes me tick? And that exactly. was kind of hard. Yeah. Well, it is. And I feel like that's kind of how I was because I, I took the test. I had the email sent to me and I read about it. And I think some of it kind of was like, wait, what? And you know, you get, kind of, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And I don't even know if I, <laughs> I don't, want I don't even know how deep me. I want to go into this right, right now, know. you know? So, so tell, what's your type? So I'm a two. That a is two. the helper. I, I don't know if every place that does the Enneagram labels them the same, but the one that I went to, I think it was the Enneagram Institute. Okay. They label yeah. it the helper. Um, so I thought I would be a seven, which seven is the person who has a million things going on and, and dives into activities and seems like very active and energetic. And I just, something about that felt very flattering to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and I, I've always been someone who does a lot of different things and I always have my fingers in a bunch of pies and it just seemed to fit. And when I got my results back as a two, I was like, nope, I took the test again. And then I took it a third time <gasps> and it came back to every time. Did and it. So you were kind of and like a little disappointed. I, well, I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't it, want I to be, be a, a seven. two, especially because I read the description of what a two is. And the the version that I used, um, the descriptions are laid out like healthiest to least healthy. And the version, like the least healthy version of a two is terrible. <laughs> it's like a terrible person, right? <laughs> yeah. But they're all terrible people. The least healthy version of every type is terrible. But when you recognize yourself a little bit more in that terribleness, it feels so much worse. So, oh, it totally does. Yeah. So two is motivated by um, wanting to feel loved and needed. That's okay. really like their base, uh, their base motivator. So that can be great because you can like, if you're like at the high, at the height of healthiness as a two, you're nurturing, you're loving, people love being around you. You're warm and sincere and all that stuff. Right. But if you're like a nine, you are a martyr and you, I mean, like. Munchausen's by proxy and all this crazy yeah. stuff. And so it's like, oh, I read that and thought, is this, and it felt like it hit a little too close to home. So is that yeah. the experience you had with being a three? Well, kind of. I'm a, I'm a three with a four wing, I believe. And yes. um, yeah, a three at its worst is like a sociopathic murderer. Right. 
not so good. I'm like, no, I mean, that made me feel a little bit concerned. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right in that like at every number at their worst, every type at their worst is like the worst of the worst. But right. um, but I could see myself like moving down through that yeah. scale. Yes. Oh, I could definitely see myself in that. And, and, I, and I could also identify times of my life where I've been sort of, you know, now I think I'm in the top third, you know, right. But right. I definitely, there's been times in my life where I've been in that second. Third Me too. Yes. I've been very needy and kind of, you know, a little bit martyry and a, like has expect like unreasonable expectations of people. I can be very codependent. I mean, there's like a lot of things I really, really recognize about myself. And right. that was hard. Yeah. yeah. So the dark side of your type is kind of the whole martyr right. thing. Yes. Just, yes. okay. And like kind of a sociopath as well, like a sociopathic <laughs> martyr. <laughs> I think all of them are sociopaths. Exactly. I'm guessing if it's like the worst you could possibly be. Exactly. Exactly. But did you really see those hallmarks of, you know, being loved and feeling needed and expressing oh, that within yourself too. Right? Absolutely. And, and then, and, and since I, you know, really sat with that for a while and became kind of okay with it, I actually wrote a whole blog post about it. Yeah. Um, like how I sort of became okay with that knowledge. Yeah. Uh, it's really helped me. It's actually helped me a lot in, in my interpersonal relationships, like kind of as a gut check for like when right. I'm making a decision, why am I doing that? Is it because I'm there's this little wounded child inside of me person? Right. Like that's my, like my, lizard brain self or whatever. I found it very helpful. And another thing I think is really interesting. Um, a few years ago, I, um, Sarah powers at the mom hour and I did a, like hosted a a retreat and we had everybody at the retreat take the Enneagram. And I thought it was fascinating how types are drawn to types. Mm -hmm. So I've made almost everybody in my life that I'm close to take the Enneagram and almost without fail, almost without fail. Of course there are exceptions, but the people that I'm closest to are ones, twos, and nines. Really? So the one is the idealist. That's Sarah. That's also my best friend, Jenna. Okay. Totally fits them both to a T. And it's interesting that I would have this sort of working relationship bestie who would line up so closely with my real life, you know, day-to-day bestie. And then I've also, and then nine is the peacemaker. So there's like the idealist and the peacemaker. And Lots of people in my life are a peacemaker. Lots of people in my life are twos, are helpers. My sister, who is one of my closest um, friends. And just, it's really, really interesting. That also held true to the other people at the retreat who were taking it. And then some of them came with friends and they were having their friends take it. And Sarah's best friend is a two. And it's, it was just fascinating. So I think that there's probably a lot of that too. Yeah. That certain kinds of people are drawn to like. I, and yeah. whatever it is that balances that out. Well, that's really, know. see, I haven't gone that far yet. And, but now I'm totally my, I'm just spinning about this because it's funny, you know, Kristen and I are the same. We're both threes. Right. Um, she's a three with a two wing. I'm a three with a four wing. Which, Interesting. Yes. Which I was like, well, thank, thank, thank God. Because when we do, <laughs> when we did the Myers-Briggs, she's like, I'm like, I'm an ISFJ and she's an yeah. INFJ. I'm like, could so, we oh, possibly. Just that little difference. It's like you guys yes. are just like one, like one notch, you know, in the other direction. Yes. So fascinating. But I would love to look into this, like my best friends, see what number they are, or just people that I've dated or my husband and how that all fits together. Now, have you, have you like really gotten into books and things as well? Or is it? I haven't. I've read a lot online, but I have not gotten into the books. One thing I wish someone would do, and I think this is like ripe for happening, is to figure out how your um, Enneagram corresponds with your Myers-Briggs. So I am an ENFP. Uh-huh. So I, I am an extrovert. 
And I have to, but there's so much about the ENFP that has nothing to do with, with the Enneagram, like, or with the Myers-Briggs that has, you know, they're just like we said before, they're very different in the way, what they, I guess what they measure. Right. So I'd be really curious to see if there are ways like to match those things up and make some predictions or something. Oh, that would be so cool. Like, how does a two ENFP present to the world differently or feel things differently than say a three ENFP right. or whatever? So right. does a three ENFP even exist? I don't know. <laughs> so, so did you get really into the wings at all? Or I am, been... okay. So I have a three wing. Okay. So that made a certain amount of sense when I read the, um, when I read the description and I, because I think this, the three, uh, I want to say it's more like the entertainer. Or it's not the, the achiever. Like yeah. The achiever. So the three yeah. is the achiever, but the two with the three wing, I believe is like the hostess or something. That, it's it like, is. I think that's is right. Is that right? Okay. I think oh, so. I can't believe I remember that. Okay. I so I is. think what that, rep- I think what that means is I not only, you know, I want people to feel comfortable around me and all that. And so I want to like open my home to them and, and also in an achieving kind of a way, like I want to show them that I can do all right. these things for them. And I think it would be very different if I was a two with a one wing. So so, but yeah. with a two, you're saying like the most important thing to use to feel needed and feel loved, but right. is that also for a two, the most important thing is to make others feel needed and loved or well, no? here's the thing in your best self, if you're healthy, yes. Okay. Okay. If you're not, it kind of all becomes about, uh, getting other people to validate you really. So yes, like I do feel a lot of validation when other people feel loved in my presence and needed and blah, blah, blah. And if I'm really healthy, I can be kind of altruistic about it. And Uh I can recognize like that it's a win-win. Right. But if I was like tipping toward unhealthy, I would really just want it all for myself. I might even seem still like I cared about what they think or what, but really all I would really want is for them to need me. So it's, it's like this weird, like opposite sides of the same coin almost or this weird spectrum where it can be either. I'm always trying to push myself toward that place where like I'm I genuinely have other people's best interests at heart, not just wanting everyone else to think I have everyone's best interests at heart so that I can look good. And it's a dangerous thing. That's a three thing, too. And saying that it's so cringy. Oh, it is. It's so cringy. I hate hate myself right now. It's okay. We're in the upper third quadrant right now, Megan. We are healthy. We're We're doing doing it right. We're doing it right. We're not going to slip down. So what do you wish other people understood about being a two? Well, that is really interesting. I, I, uh, I think, I think people can underestimate a two's need to talk things through to check in. I need to check in with people in my life a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to put an immense amount of energy into my relationships. Okay. Um, but if I don't start to feel like I'm getting that back, then that quickly becomes a problem for me. So there has to be that balance. Now I have lots of friendships that are more surface. And I think that what's, what's really interesting about me as an ENFP and a two at the same time is I have very few inner circle friends. Like mm-hmm. I really keep that pretty limited because I couldn't, I really couldn't have a ton of inner circle friends. I would burn out because I put so much into it. So I'm pretty good at figuring out like the line for myself. Who's a, who's a right. friend, who's a friendly, <laughs> who's yes. a bestie, you know, like there's all those different layers and I'm pretty good at maintaining those boundaries for myself. Um, but like those people that I have sort of chosen to be the, the specialist, uh-huh. <laughs> the most specialist people in my life, like I kind of need them to know that that's their role so that they can just, I, I don't know, like engage and give back and all those things. And so sometimes that can become a, a touchy 
And it's not because I'm just like, I don't know. I don't have like low self-esteem. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, super, I don't think of myself as super needy, but I think I could maybe come off that way. So to the right people, and a lot of other people would probably never see me that way. So it's just, it is very interesting actually. But from doing all of this, yeah, you feel comfortable with, you know, putting forth that information to your friends, like letting them know, do you, do you use that? I mean, in your conversations, like directly kind of say, this is something that I need or. Yes. Well, because I've made everyone take the Enneagram. That's right. That's what now that I do. know that you now we cannot be friends until if you ev- take this test. So it's actually <laughs> been fascinating. I've like ever, seriously, if I ever have a gathering, everyone ends up taking the Enneagram. And then I think it's a really great opportunity for everyone to talk about their type, how their types interact. And they have that, you know, you can see how different types interact somewhere. I don't know which site you're using or book or whatever, but like a lot of them will do that. Like we'll pair people up and see what the sticking points might be and, and how it can work. And um and then I just think that that's like a really, I found it to be very like a bonding thing with my friends yeah. and say like, this is what motivates me. And yeah, and, and I, and I can be more open too. And you know, some of this is also age. Like I feel like, and I don't know about you guys, and this is a different topic for a different day probably, but the older I get, the more okay I am with being really sappy and telling my friends yeah. things like, I really like it when you, <laughs> yeah. you know, rub my back when I'm standing next to you or whatever. I'm really good at that now. And I used to be terrible at it. Oh, so, see, that's know, amazing. With, <laughs> <laughs> with all this stuff, with all this self, uh, what did I say? Self-obsession? No, wait, wait, wait. Self-aware. <laughs> right? It's all a good thing. It's like we're all getting older and we're all learning who we are. And Well, affirmations are always yeah. good. Exactly. You know, because exactly. it like just puts that other person, it, it just makes them feel better. And then they yeah. open up a little bit. It's like a little flower and they open up right. a little bit too. But it is hard. It's super vulnerable to do that. It is. To it like is. even affirm others is vulnerable for me. Because you just, you know, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. And oh, right. well, and what far? about a three? Like, like <clears throat> what hangups do you think with a three would you see in say telling someone this is who I am and I want you to understand me better? Well, I is mean, just, just in, that... that's in, that in general, <laughs> just I mean, that, you know, that achievers yeah. are very concerned about their image. And yeah. I mean, it's very important to be the best at what they do and, you know, turn in all of their homework on time as teenagers and do really well at the job and always stand out. And we, when we aren't doing our very best, we feel like we aren't doing our very best. It is like a total downer. We like it, we can completely beat ourselves up and it's very important that we just look like we have it all together at all so times. So you might struggle with showing oh, a less yeah. flattering side of yourself. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Cause I just mm. feel like, oh, I, that, that's where it gets me with like the worthiness. I'm like, well, if I'm mm-hmm. not doing my best and people don't think I'm doing my best, um, then I'm worth, I'm worthless. Like that's me at my, and like, that's my middle so, quadrant where I get very that's your like, middle quadrant. Yeah. Where and I'm just like, me, I'm worthless. I guess it, it would be if no one's depending on me right now, what, right. what am I like? What value do I have? And so, right. That's like so interesting. No wonder I end up with five kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've got I'm an endless supply of people who need me. <laughs> so you have teens. So have they taken the I test? Do. I have had a couple of them take the test and, and their, their reaction to taking the test, any personality test is actually interesting. So my son, Jacob, who's actually just turned 20, um, wow. he took a Myers-Briggs and thought it was all just a bunch of hocus pocus. Right, like, right, right. Thought it was junk. But then I can't remember what his part was or his um, type was, but it was totally the one who thinks that anyway. Like it, it was like his reaction to taking the test was perfectly <laughs> demonstrated in the <laughs> test results. Like yeah. it was awesome. I don't know that I had him do the Enneagram. The Enneagram, yeah. I feel like it's it's just a little more self-aware. It's, like I yes. it's a grown-up test. I like, agree. You know, 
I agree. Just the way you answer it. I think you you can't really answer the questions accurately till you know yourself pretty well. So I would I agree know, with that. Though. So, okay. So finally, someone, let's say someone's just getting into the Enneagram right now. They've just taken the test and they just found out they are a two. So yeah. what advice would you give to others about learning that? Like, yeah. what is it like to be, a, what's the best advice to give to a two? Oh, I think for myself, like I have to be okay. I had to get really okay with the idea that, that no one is a hundred percent altruistic for only altruistic reasons. There's always another reason for it. So if, if you seem like you're this earth mother type and you just want to go around spreading love and, and kisses everywhere and there's nothing in it for you ever, that's just not the way human beings work. <laughs> yeah. And I had to kind of be become okay with that. Like I really had to look around and say, everybody does things because it makes them feel good. That's what being human is all about. And yeah. it happens to make me feel good to make other people feel good. And if I look back at childhood memories, like my early, some of my very earliest memories were things like sitting in a movie theater, looking around to make sure other people were having a good time. Oh. If they weren't having a good time, I couldn't have a good time and stuff like that. And that can become very, that can be a sickness or it can be a great thing. And that's and true. It's all my power my power to decide how I'm going to live who I am in the world. So I guess just get okay with it. None of these yeah. types there, it's neutral. It's not a judgment. Right. <laughs> and it's all just a neutral thing about yourself that you can use for good or for not so good. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I know so much more about twos now. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> You're so like, I, hope, I hope it made you feel really good. <laughs> you made Otherwise, me feel so good. I feel so loved and needed and seen <laughs> and you know, right now. <laughs> and you know what, Sarah, you are such an awesome achiever. I recognize that about you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. 
So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral. But what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. All right, well, let's shift and let's talk about self-care during the holiday season because I, I do think... This is a thing that many of us find really elusive. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to be optimistic and positive here, but part of me is just like rolling. I'm rolling my eyes right now. You cannot see me, but my eyes are rolling in the back of my head because it's yeah. like, how do you even do this? Right? Like the holidays. It's just a cluster. Like everything falls apart. Everything's crazy. <laughs> I keep, I always tell myself everybody else is going through this too, because think about, it. okay, you're socializing more, you're spending mm-hmm. more money. Mm-hmm. You're doing more. You're eating more. Yes. You're sleeping less. Yes. So, I, I mean, to think that you could even be in a decent mindset all the way through the holidays, I, I think that's that's the number one problem, right? Like, we just have to be a little bit more graceful, like give ourselves a little bit of grace here. Well, and I, you know, I do, I do think, I mean, I, I, not to always continue to go back to the Enneagram people are going to be like enough ladies, but (laughs) I do think that there are certain personality types that struggle more with the holidays. And I think I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I know you are too. Yes. And like you said, the holidays is a lot of FaceTime with people. Oh my gosh. So much talking. It can be super taxing. And then, you know, I'm a three, you're a three. So we're interested in our image. Oh yeah. And I, I will admit, I mean, this is super unflattering and embarrassing for myself, but I get into my holiday image. And let me explain that. Like I want my home to look perfectly holidayed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a a lot of time and energy on sending out a beautifully curated Christmas card, which means we're getting family photos taken. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And then I'm editing them and I'm, you know, (laughs) um, 
I'm super into gift giving and I spend a ridiculous amount of time and energy choosing the right gifts and wrapping them nicely, you know, redecorating my house, hosting parties, choosing the right outfits for the parties. A lot of this for myself is completely like self-propelled. Mm-hmm. Like if I could get away from myself, I'd be fine. <laughs> it sounds very three-ish, doesn't yeah. it? It does. But you know what's so interesting is I'm a three-two and I don't know what it is, but I I don't seem to care that much. And mm. I do care a lot in other facets of my life, but something about the holidays... I mean, if we get a tree up two weeks before, that's good. You know, Dustin's like, do you, do you want to decorate the house? Oh, fine. You know, I, I'm not really thinking about gifts. That I mean, everything seems to be a last minute procrastination thing for me. And I can't quite put my finger on why that happens. Well, I am. a am an excellent procrastinator. I only really work <laughs> under pressure. I've discovered this at a very young age. But I haven't gotten so wrapped up in the whole image of the holidays. And I uh. don't, which I just think... That would be exhausting because I'm already exhausted as it is dealing with talking to as many people as I have to talk to in November and December and all the stories. Now, I will say I do get wrapped up in being at parties and being the storyteller and, Mm. you know, bringing people together and that high energy. And Mm -hmm. I am so burned out by the time I get home at night. I almost want to cry. Literally. I really, I'm just like, (gasps) like, it's just, it's too much for an introvert, but you and I are both the same in that you know, we're extroverted introverts. We can definitely turn it on. And that's the three, yeah. two. That's the three yeah. in us. You know, we turn yeah, it I'm on. I'm a very social introvert. So I start, I start Thanksgiving weekend. I host a party every year. I've done it for the last 15 years for all my neighbors and a good portion of my friends. I do a big Friendsgiving potluck. And I try to have my tree up before that because I like the holiday vibe. Yeah. So that's the beginning of just a whole bunch of insanity. I feel like the minute that starts <laughs> and then I host another party, like a buddy, the elf party where we have spaghetti with candy on top. Oh so my God. That's so I cute. really like hosting. I like going. Um, and I also procrastinate. So, yeah. you know, I, I have also been known to, you know, on Christmas Eve, be like up the entire night wrapping gifts. So my attempt at self-care this year is doing things super early. So Literally today, and we're recording this before Thanksgiving, um, I have all of my gifts out, like spread out in the living room, and I'm sorting and wrapping them. You're, you mean you're, you have your Christmas, your holiday gifts? The Christmas gifts I'm giving everyone. You already, yeah. you've already bought those? I have. Most, oh my like, gosh. Pretty much amazing. just about all of them. You're amazing. Again, just because I yeah. know how I get in the holidays, and I'm trying to be more sane. That is such a good approach to self-care. It is because you're like not allowing yourself to get to that place where you're going to be frazzled and doing so many things at once on top of all the other things we're dealing with. We shall see. We shall see. That's true. My attempt at self-care this season is going to remember, this is so basic, it's almost embarrassing, right? But I'm going to actually go outside and walk (laughs) because something happens to me in the holidays where I stop exercising because I just feel like I have too many other things to do. And so I do not. And there is something, this is just, it's so cheesy, but there is just something about fresh air. There's something about walking outside in the fresh air, looking around. It's like, okay, I'm this little person on this very large planet and it's all going to be okay. 
And I'm making myself do that, which is really hard. Trust me, I can come up with 1000 reasons as to why I should not go outside and walk. I could do all sorts of other things, but I need to do that for sure. And then someone recently was telling me about, um, have you heard of Loveless? Do you journal at all, Kristen? Not, no, I haven't in a long time. Okay. So I've been an on and off journaler my whole life, but sometimes, you know, this whole influx of gratitude journals that's like come on over the past five or six years. Mm -hmm. Once again, I'm kind of rolling my eyes. I know, I'm sorry. I just kind of like, oh, I'm, I wish I could, I wish I could do that. But sometimes I feel like I'm being super cheesy. Um, probably why I'm in a bad mood all the time. Maybe I really should actually do that. I don't know. Maybe you should. Okay, fine, fine, fine. This one, this is close though. So this is called a love list. And I don't know why this seems so different to me, but it's basically, if you have a journal, you just sit down and write things that you love, which I guess is kind of things that you're grateful for as well, but Mm -hmm. things that you love, things that you would love to do, things that Mm -hmm. you daydream about Mm -hmm. loving. And so it's just, it puts you in the best move. And then, you know, just the fact of sitting down and tactile, like writing on a piece of paper is really, really good for you when you're stressed out because it just like works a part of your brain that you're not working these days with screens and all the craziness. Yeah. So I'm going to try to write a couple love lists over this holiday. That's really smart. That's really smart. And I think getting outside is really smart in the holidays too. Another thing I think that kind of falls apart in the holidays is we all eat like crap. Oh, I know. And, you oh, know, no. that does have an effect. Oh, yeah, it totally does. I mean, there's cookies around mm-hmm. all the – it's absurd sometimes. Oh, yeah. The amount of sweets that come even into my house at the holidays, neighbors bringing cookies, you know, kids bringing stuff home from school. It's crazy. Well, yeah, and I guess the only thing I try to do during that is just really – I'm pretty strict about my weekdays. I feel mm-hmm. like that's my that's where I can find my balance during the holidays. That weekdays, I just think of it as any other Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. All the rest of the year, I don't really partake in that unless there's a party or something that I'm right. going to that evening. But even cookies and things, I really try to just keep them. Usually, I get rid of that stuff to be honest with you because I will eat yeah. it or I yeah. I let my Same. kids have it once in a while. But usually, yeah. I'll just be like, "Thank you so much, have one and throw it away." Because otherwise, I will yep. totally eat it. But then I also allow myself on the weekends to just kind of do whatever I want. So yeah, you that's know, smart. And I've given myself a rule before of like, you can eat it whatever you want at a holiday party. Yeah, but yeah, not at home. Yes, <laughs> like, it's not a free for all at home. I mean, right, which is really what you're saying too. Exactly. Which for me means not even having it in my home because if it's in my home, I'm shoving it in my face. So no. (laughs) Another thing I'm trying to do in kind of anticipation of the holiday season, because I can get really caught up in, in cleaning because I have a personality type that I feel like I can't relax until everything is clean. Like Mm -hmm. I need my relaxing is conditional, which is absurd, (laughs) you know, and I need to work on that as well. But, you know, it's kind of there's a lot of me like setting the path for relaxation. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, and so I am attempting to really purge my house before the holiday season kind of goes into full full swing, because when I purge, it's just way cleaner, way easier to keep it clean. Yes. You know, then I don't get into the like piles of, and that's another reason I'm trying to get my Christmas gifts out because I'm actually, I'm trying to mail them. I'm trying to clear my house out of anything. I don't even want these gifts laying around. I want, I'm going to mail them next week. Like, (laughs) 
and just get everything out of my house. Kristen, um, which this I'm sounds hoping good. Will keep you know keep me more sane if I if I don't have piles. But I do want to. I'm going to link this up on selfiepodcast.com. If you guys have not seen, there is a YouTube video by Chris Fleming called "Company Is Coming," and he's dressed as a woman. Have you? Oh seen yes. This oh my God. Yes, I have seen this. <laughs> he's frantically <laughs> cleaning the house because company's coming. And every time I watch it, I think like, that is really me. I've been that person. Oh, I've been that person. I screamed at my children because people are coming over to the point where my kids, when we're having an event, are like, no, because they know I'm going to be psycho. (laughs) Oh, we will definitely link up to that because that is absolutely hilarious. And I think almost everyone can find a little bit of themselves in that guy Mm -hmm. slash girl. (laughs) Gail. Gail's the character. Gail. Gail. (laughs) I love Gail. The Gale in me sees the Gale in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's up next week? Well, next week we are going to be talking about threes, which Sarah and I both are. So we're going to be looking at the Enneagram three and what our internal drives and motivations are. And we are also going to be talking about New Year's resolutions, whether or not we do them personally and whether or not they're even a good idea in the first place. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.